put a lot of the like where I'm at in my life down to making a conscious decision to make choices out of intent and not by habit. And it's exactly what you just said. Like if you just wake up and do your day, you might have had like a nine relationship day. You might've had a three, you might've had a one, you had a four, like you're not in control of that outcome because it's just habit. Mm -hmm. But if it's intent, you wake up and you think, and you say, okay, I need my relationship to be eight today. So I'm going to make sure I call my partner this morning and I'm going to make sure I see him this afternoon and we're going to go for a walk or do dinner or whatever it is. You're in control of that outcome. Mm. It's really hard to move forward in life when you're not in control of the outcomes, when you're letting other people dictate your career or your happiness or whatever it is. Like the more control you can assume, the more rewarding it is and the more progress you can actually experience. Otherwise, it's, yeah, I just, I find that I'm very rarely happy when I don't feel in control. Welcome to The Balance Theory, a podcast aimed at arming you with tools and tips so that you are well equipped to not only identify and define, but own your own definition of balance. I'm your host, Erica, and thank you for joining me today. Hey, balancers, and welcome to episode 57 of The Balance Theory podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, an extremely warm welcome to The Balancer community. Otherwise, welcome back. I wanted to kickstart today's episode with a really cool thing I heard on another podcast. So I've talked about Jay Shetty's On Purpose podcast before. And just a few weeks ago, he had a guest on called Mel Robbins. And she's just recently written a new book. And it's basically around this awesome concept of high-fiving yourself in the morning. And look, they do a massive deep dive into the neuroscience behind it, the way it optimizes your dopamine. But essentially think about it. Every time something awesome happens in your life, like you give someone a hug, you cross a finish line, you've always got this motion of raising your arms. And so they talk about how the high five is also another one of those. And also what do we normally associate with a high five? Like job well done. You're doing, you've done a great job. Good on you. Like those, that kind of vibe. And so they talk about high-fiving yourself in the mirror every single morning and just having an intention of how you're going to show up for yourself that day, which I know sounds really, really weird, but it was honestly super interesting. And I have actually been high-fiving myself in the mornings, just giving it a crack. And it's like a little bit of a way not to take yourself too seriously, but also really connect with your soul, I feel. I don't know if that sounds so spiritual for you guys, but I love it. And if you really are interested in that concept and the science behind it, I would definitely recommend you go and check out that episode. I thought I would just share that because I love hearing little bits and pieces or recommending episodes that I think you guys would enjoy. So definitely go and check that out and let me know your thoughts if you do. But on to today's guest, I am joined by a dear friend of mine. We have been friends, oh gosh, I don't even know for how long now, maybe over 10 years, none other than the Clayton Musamechi, who some of you may know him as the director of Move With Us, which was formerly known as Bodies by Rachel, or you just might know him as a fantastic guy from the area, which is how, how I basically know him as well. But basically, Clay has such an extensive experience in fast-growing e-commerce businesses and as well in the health and fitness industry. So he does know a thing or two about the importance of acting with intent, creating a productive lifestyle, self-awareness, mindset, and my favorite, overcoming failures. So today, of course, we dive into all of this. And we also chat a little bit about what makes a great entrepreneur tips to strengthen your communication skills because we both agree it's probably the number one asset you can have, especially in business. So if that's something you want to strengthen, Clayton gives some awesome tips today on how to do that. I also questioned him on how to actually practice self-awareness because I think it's great to say I've got self-awareness and I'm super self-aware. But for some of us, that's not always as clear cut. Like how do we actually do that? So he also shares a bit about that, why he loves startups 
and making choices out of intent and not habit, which is so important. You would have heard in a little snippet at the start to actually taking control of the things that happen in your day and not sort of leaving it up to chance. So if you're kind of that person sitting there and you feel like one bad thing's been happening after another and everything's outside of your control, you're going to love this bit, making choice out of intent and not habit. Honestly, I'm very close to saying this is one of my favorite episodes, maybe because Clay and I just vibe so well. We have so much in common and it's been a long time coming to have him on the show. I know you guys are going to love every single minute as much as Clayton himself. So make sure you check him out. I've popped his Instagram in the show notes below. Tag myself at the Balance Theory and Clayton and let us know what you love most. Share it on your stories. Send it to a loved one because knowledge is even better when it's shared. Just before we dive in, if you have a quick two minutes to leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the absolute world to me and it really helps us grow our ongoing Balancer community. So thank you so much to everyone who has already taken the time to do so. And I look forward to continue to read all your thoughts and love. Let's dive straight in. All right. It's been a long time coming, but I am pleased to welcome my great friend Clayton Musumechi to the Balance Theory podcast. It's so nice to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a, a long time coming, but I'm excited to have a chat. Me too. Now we've been speaking a lot off air about what's been happening in your life, but just for people who may not have come across you, maybe they're not following your socials, or maybe they weren't a part of our party days back in year 11 and 12. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. So um, we've been, oh my goodness, we've been friends now for a little while. I went to school with Erica's partner. Um, Yeah, we've been friends for a couple of years. So Pretty much straight after school, I moved into the like social media fitness game with my career um, and worked for a supplement company and then moved and started um, an online fitness business called Bodies by Rachel that some of you guys might know. Um, We've recently rebranded into Move With Us. So I've been doing that now for, it's coming up to five years, which has gone like really, really quickly, but kind of started as just a passion project and we've scaled it now into kind of like a bigger business in the space and and rebranded and brought in the offering and starting to really try and grow it um, internationally, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're definitely underselling it there. I absolutely love what BBR is doing, what they stand for now move with us, obviously. Um, and I think you guys have done such an incredible job really establishing yourselves in the industry and being pioneers for that matter of fact, really leading the way in a lot of aspects. But I'm curious to know, because I know you're kind of a jack of all trades. How do you see yourself, um, I guess, or your role in the business? Yeah, um, it's a good question. Like I've never really had, I guess, like a defined title. And as you know, when you're kind of in like startup world and running a business, sometimes you need to just put out fires and figure out solutions to things as they pop up. So I guess like reflecting on most of what I've done, it's it's always been related to growth. Um, So I'll always kind of identify opportunities in the business of things that we can do better or, or should do better or gaps in the market or whatever we feel that um, the business needs, I've always typically tried to, to head that up. So for me, that's involved kind of like managing the technology side and building the product that we needed for the business to scale, looking after web. Um, my passion probably lies more in marketing and community and kind of connecting with people and understanding that psychology and, and providing them with the content and the programming and the things that they need to connect with the business. I think that's probably what differentiates me. I guess I like to work on purpose-driven businesses um, that have communities of people. That's kind of always what I've been involved in and a big part of my focus at the moment. So when we were not as many of us and and we were growing, it was more about just figuring out um, what needed to be done and how to do it myself and being very kind of solution focused. But now that the business has grown a little bit, it's about um, changing that process and realizing that 
if I'm trying to do everything myself, I'm probably holding the business back a little bit and, and focusing more on resourcing and, and working with the right people and continuing to develop my skill to develop my own skills as well. Yeah, absolutely. And no doubt it comes to a point in business where you can no longer wear all of the hats, but that is, you know, sort of how you have to get started. But I think this is a really interesting conversation because I think being an entrepreneur and having your own business is very glamorized in the world we live in right now. Um, yeah. Over glamorized, shall I say, it's funny you do it because you want more time and money. And those are the things you don't get until what long, long down the track. Um, but I guess yeah. I'm sort of curious for people sitting here listening. Now, I don't know many people who finished school and thought, I want to be a business owner or an entrepreneur. You know, it was more along the lines of, I want to study commerce or law or whatever. You know, there, there was always quite a specific driver. So yeah. I guess for anybody listening, right? I, I think my headspace right now, I'm thinking if there's somebody at school right now who has no idea what they want to do, but they would make a really good entrepreneur because they work independently or they're solutions driven, anything like that. What kind of yeah. skills or passions do you think someone would have to make a great entrepreneur? I think the biggest skill that you can have to be successful in business, but most fields is communication. I think the better you can talk, the better you can listen and the better you can write, those three skills are transferable to anything that you want to do. And I didn't realize that probably until I got a little bit more advanced in my career because I, I did well at school, uh, I did well at university, and I got into business expecting that these were just skills that everybody had, but you realize that they're not. You know, the ability to articulate an argument, the ability to write a good email, to create a good proposal, to sit in a room and win business, all of these skills come back to communication and how you can argue a point or how you can find evidence to prove a point. And they're things that I feel have really separated me from a lot of other people that I didn't expect. You know, I expected moving into business that I needed to understand like so much about business development and have so much theory and have so many runs on the board and do all of these things. But the further along I got, I realized that the better I can communicate um, and, and the better I can write and the better I can kind of use those skills, they're things that have been like vital to me in every part of my business journey. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And being being clear in what you're saying and having that mutual understanding with people is such an underrated, powerful thing. And I guess on that point, because some people, I suppose, like yourself, and I would say me as well, you know, I feel like at school, those skills came quite naturally to me. And it's something that's transferred over time. But do you have any um, ideas, I suppose, for somebody listening, maybe wanting to strengthen that part of, the, of themselves? Like, would you have any tips or or things they can do yeah. that you recommend? For sure. I think like it's it's really overwhelming, right? When you're a little bit younger, you're at school and you're trying to make a decision of what you want to do for the rest of your life. And I guess even reflect yourself at that age, you're not extremely self-aware yet. I guess you're very kind of easily influenced and, you know, you see someone who's successful or who looks a certain way and you want to latch onto that and do those things. But for me at that age, Age, it was more about like practicing that self-awareness and, and really honing in on and understanding, well, although I'm young, like what has my journey in life been so far? So I realized that regardless of what I did, if it was sport or school or a relationship or anything, I was always quite competitive and I always really applied myself to do the best at it. And those, that mentality more than anything transferred straight into business. Um, and I went from like being an intern at a company to having like a really senior position really, really quickly because of that mentality. And I kind of saw um, 
like so much growth opportunity around me outside of like the conventional career path. Like I didn't go into a, a business with the intention of thinking like, okay, um, I'm going to be an intern here for 12 months and then I'm going to move up to this salary and then I might learn from this person and do this. I kind of went in and thought, I don't really care so much for this structure. How can I personally have a big impact on this business? Not what's my role, but what is this business trying to achieve and how can I fast track that? So in a way, like I'm not um, in life traditionally a very big risk taker. Like I, I follow the rules. Like I never got in trouble when I was young. Like if we, me and my friends were doing something naughty, I was always the guy that wanted to run home and kind of stay out of trouble. But <laughs> I don't um, know how you were friends with Ange. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think because I had so much fun watching the stuff he was doing, but I was too scared to do it myself. <laughs> Let's keep uh, that one off there. <laughs> <laughs> but in... um. In business, I didn't really see those rules. I thought like business is people and there's so many people in the world now and we're so lucky to be kind of in the generation that we're in with so much opportunity through the internet. Why do we have to follow these conventional rules? Why can't I release a product and why can't it scale massively now? Like why can't I release a purpose-built product that can make people's lives better? Like what's the weight? Why do I have to do my task list as an intern? Like I can come to work and do my hours of the tasks that I'm brief, but I can also be the first person in the office learning what the business is trying to achieve and working on the weekend and working late. And I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but I really learned that even at that age, like everything that I'd done, I wanted to be the best. Like I would study more than my friends at school because I wanted to succeed. Like I wanted to, like anything that I've done, I've always applied myself. And I think if you can think a little bit bigger than the conventional and understand how to truly have an impact, and I think everyone can have more of an impact probably than what they give themselves credit for. You'd be surprised how fast things can change when you do that. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to unpack in that, but two things in particular. I want to start with the whole making an impact thing. And I think that's interesting how you yeah. said you had a bit of a perspective shift and your focus when working for a company was what impact can I have here, not what is my role. And I think that's yeah. a really nice lens to look at your purpose, I suppose, within a yeah. within whatever you're doing, right? Because I, I've worked for companies before, be it law firms or other corporations. And you do sometimes feel like just a cog in the works. And I think that takes a satisfaction out of our work quite considerably. And so I think if you strip sure. it back and you go, what impact can I make here? That really brings back, injects kind of a lot more purpose back into what you're doing. So I think for anyone listening who's feeling that disconnection with, with their work, that's a nice way to sort of reattached to what you're doing, what your role is there, but not only in your area of work, like even within your relationships, I think it's a really nice way to ask yourself a question, you know, what impact am I having on my loved ones or even towards yourself? So in the balance theory, obviously we've got your three areas, which are your health, your relationships and your areas of fulfillment, the last two, which we've sort of just touched on. But I think like with health as well, this is a really nice way to when people always say, you know, I'm not motivated or they make excuses for their health and stuff like that. If you ask yourself that question, what impact am I trying to make, whether it be on yourself or the world, I think that's such a lovely way to reframe and give yourself back that motivation. I agree, like 100%. Like what I've found in our like life, but business journey as well, is that like people are happiest and most engaged when they're doing meaningful work. Like humans have an intrinsic attraction to belonging and wanting to feel like they're adding value like it's in all of us and it's not so much around always a raise or more balance like for a lot of people and for our team especially like they're happiest when they know that they're contributing to something meaningful mm. and that's good management is like making sure that your team understands the meaningful work that they're doing 
Um, and if you're not doing meaningful work, it, it's only a matter of time until you become disengaged and unhappy. Same yeah. with your relationship. Like the relationships that we hold nearest and dearest are the ones that have meaning to us, the ones that we put effort into, the relationships that people give effort back to us when we make other people feel a certain way. It, it all comes back to, as you said, like impact and meaning. It's important. Yeah, no, I love that. And the other thing you said sort of close to the beginning of your response before was that you used to practice quite a lot of self-awareness. And I'm assuming that sort of carried over in something you still do to date. So can you talk to me a little bit about how you actually do that? Because I think sometimes we go on about, you know, checking in with yourself, observing your thoughts, practicing self-awareness. But if we don't get practical about it, I think it can go over our heads a lot of the time and and people don't really know what that means. I I agree. For me, I kind of learned the hard way from like, I'm notoriously like a really good advice giver, but really bad at taking my own advice. (laughs) And after going through like, just like certain experiences in my life, I started to realize that I wouldn't have advised someone else to do that, but I was just, I was just doing it. Like I was just living and not making, I was living out of habits and not out of intent. And I think like you need to be mindful of bringing yourself back to your intent. And the way that I practice that is like, I'm now a a hyper aware human being, but very much through uh, like practicing that intent. So each morning I'll write a list of the things that I want to achieve that day. And that list goes with me everywhere. And I really do try my best to achieve everything on that list. And if I don't, some of the things go across to the next day and I'm not living out of comfort or convenience or being emotionally led in different directions. Like I, I feel that I have freedom through my discipline. And I know that if I'm able to achieve those things that I've set out, then that brings me happiness and that brings me purpose. And that allows me to have more balance. And as I've got a little bit older, um, I've learned the power of being alone with my thoughts and really understanding what are my intrinsic motivators, what brings me happiness in life. It took me time to figure that out. You know, like I've went, I'm, I've always been a competitive person, but the things that I was competitive for five years ago are very different now. You know, like I, commercial success and those things don't bring me any more specific happiness in my life, but the things that bring me happiness for myself is making others happy. So for me, like selfishly, but unselfishly, a part of my list and the goals that I set myself are to do nice things for the people that mean something to me in my life, that they're things that I enjoy, but you kind of learn what your own characteristics are and what makes you truly happy. And then you build your lifestyle around those things. And I know it's a balanced podcast, but balance is such a key part of that because you have to kind of fill up all your buckets at the same time. Like I've kind of broken my life into five areas. And if three of them are like full, but two of them are empty, I'm not happy. Yeah. Um, it, it is kind of how you fill all your buckets and kind of manage those things together. And it all comes back to self-awareness because if you don't stop and take yourself out of your day-to-day and look from the outside in and realize well, how, what am I spending my time doing? What am I achieving? How am I filling my buckets? You just get caught in the grind and you're spending time, but you're not really doing the things that you enjoy because you're probably being looped into other people who have that self-awareness and you know what I mean? You kind of lose your direction a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like a really, really important thing you've just said there is so throughout time, like you've always had this self-awareness toolkit, shall we say, like the ability to step back and look at your thoughts or I guess assess how you're spending your time. And I think the reason that's so important is because your drivers, what makes you happy, what fulfills you, what motivates you, that's going to change over time. And so if you just know what those are, you're going to be behind the eight ball every single time because those things are not fixed. They're not stable. And so rather what I like to do is focus on that toolkit so that I have the ability to, you know, constantly reassess and grow as those things change and be able to identify, okay, I'm no longer motivated by 
um, whatever it is, money, comfortable lifestyle, you know, those things kind of change over time. And I think another key thing that you said there that we all need to acknowledge is you can't just try some self-awareness tips and, you know, they might work straight away, but I think what makes them stronger is going through them over time and understanding your relationship with them. It's not as though you have this tool, pick it up from the shop, you're ready to go. It's something that develops over time. But I think if you have that, um, what you were saying, like intent, it's, it's that intention to understand and be open to the things as they, as they happen, then that's you how so for me. You've got to be so honest. Like, yeah, I know people that would like talk to me or, or listen to like pod, amazing podcasts like this. And they think, okay, like now for me to be self-aware, I need to read a book a week. I need to meditate. I need to do these things. It's not about like, there's no specific toolkit that's the same for everyone like it's so powerful to figure out what it is for you yeah if you don't enjoy reading and you're just reading to like tick a box box. because you feel like that's going to develop you I don't think that's healthy like that self-awareness comes down to like it doesn't have to be conventional you might love gaming like you might love something that would never go in someone else's box but if that's truly what makes you happy and you're self-aware like part of it is taking responsibility for the person that you are yeah Um, and that that took me some time you know like for me Um, more than other people I still do quite care about um, other people's perception of me like that's something that I'm mindful of you know I like to be perceived in a certain way but for the longest time like I would listen to resources and talk to people and everyone's like oh you don't who cares what other people think like you should never worry about that but I kind of just spent some time and I was like well I think I do care what people think like if everyone thought I was a terrible person like I wouldn't really be happy waking up every day so like that's a part of my thing you know it's, it's a part of what I kind of focus on and it's not going to happen in a week. So if anyone's listening and wants to like practice self-awareness, don't rush it. Like give yourself some time, like take, take some time to be, spend more time by yourself. Um, go for walks by yourself, like, you know, spend a day and start to be alone with your thoughts and figure out when your happiness, when you're happiest, sorry, why is that? Like what, why, what, what causes you that happiness and how do you bring more of it to your life? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's that mindfulness to how you feel after doing thinking or being around certain people, you know, bringing that attention. Is this a positive experience for me? Is it a negative experience for me? And you sort of develop something over there, but no, I love that you've reiterated that because I've honestly had such a range of guests on here and how they define balance or what they do in their down days or what they do when they're not feeling their best is completely different. Like I've had one say they go to take themselves to the movies, you know, and other people are the meditation and the bath type people. And, you know, there's something for everybody you've just got to try and test absolutely and um another thing you said i actually did an episode on a solo episode on a couple weeks ago it was this concept that routine actually creates creativity so if you have set things or i guess i I like to think of it as you take it off your mental to-do list because you've got you've made time for things in your day then when you get in those moments or in those time blocks, shall we say, you can get lost in the moment because you know you've allowed for it. And then when you have that downtime, you're not fixating on all these things that you have to do. And I thought it was such an interesting thing because when we think about routine, often it's this rigid structured thing, but I really do see it as a key to giving you the the breathing space to just let yourself go in in and amongst the time. 100% agree. Like routine and discipline are like, still to mainstream like seen as negative Mm. to me they're so positive like for me having the discipline to do do the things that i need to do brings me happiness because at the end of the day if i look back and my list is complete 
I sleep so well, like, because my progress is kind of, my happiness is kind of tied to progress, you know, and I like knowing that I've had a productive day. And as I've got older, I've realized that like, my life isn't just about me, like me having a good day now has such a big influence on so many people. It's got influence on my entire team at work. I need to come to work in the right mind space and I need to be a good leader and I need to give myself to those people to help nurture them. Whereas if I, I don't hit the tasks on my list then I don't be a good leader and it happens, like not every day is perfect, but the stakes are a little bit higher. You know, I wanna be a good influence on my friends. I wanna help them to achieve what they want out of life. I wanna be a good influence on my family. I wanna be an influence, to, be a good influence to my business. Um, to be a, a good leader and a, and a good mentor and someone who does achieve the things that they say they want to achieve, it doesn't happen by accident. You know, it doesn't get handed on a silver platter. You have to work on it kind of day by day. And if you can learn to love, as you said, your routine, it stops being a negative thing. And you just set a new standard of what life is to you. Hmm. Um, and like, we're so lucky that like, look at the way we get to do it. You know, like some people look at my life and like, oh man, like, I don't know how you do it. You're always so busy. You've got so much responsibility, but I get to exercise every day. I get to eat great foods. I get to jump in the ocean every day. I get to spend a lot of time with the people close to me. I get to work on a business that brings me so much like happiness and purpose and love. I think my life is amazing. Like, yeah, it's, it comes with like pressure and it's not always fun, but I'm really happy with the impact that I'm having. And I'm grateful that I've been able to like structure a lifestyle that I always dreamed of having. And the hard work that comes like as a part of it, it's not a negative thing if you enjoy what you're working on. You know what I mean? Like we're doing a podcast on a Saturday, like 10 years ago, maybe we'd want to be doing something else, but I've been looking forward to this all week because I get a chance to learn from you and listen and, and pick up on these things. And like, that makes me happy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the key there is really you understand your the impact you want to have or the intention, I suppose, that you have in showing up in day to day. And that doesn't leave room for doubt with the things you're doing because at the end of the day and ultimately everybody's definition of success, a perfect day, what the ideal job would be is going to be so different. Like people may think, you know, running a business would be so fun because you get all this uh, flexibility, but then they might hate it when they jump in and they would just prefer to do a job that they're good at and not have the stress of worrying about a business. And so I just think it's a nice reminder to say, you know, you can strive and admire what other people are doing, but really bring it back to your intention and be very aware of as that's shifting. I fully agree. Yeah. So now I wanted to ask you, I know a couple of weeks ago when we caught up, you were, you were telling me about how much you love the startup space. And yeah. I, thought, I thought that was very interesting because you've you've worked in quite a few businesses and the, the one you're working in now particularly is, I wouldn't call it a startup very much at all at the moment. I think it's uh, gone well and truly past that. But I'm curious to know what working in a startup and I guess your whole journey of going through business, what has that yeah. taught you and why is it that, that that very beginning of the process is your favorite? I think because the rewards are so high, right? Like at the start, like there's, there's a lot of uncertainty certainty like is this gonna work do people believe in us do we have the resources to pull this off are people gonna like what we're doing like there's so much unknown um and i'm always one for a challenge like it's part of the reason that our business is so built on the word challenge and running these challenges i think it's such a healthy thing for everyone to do to kind of set a goal that's out of your comfort zone and kind of and, and force yourself to grow um like a lot of times in my life pretty much all my life and especially now when I'm setting goals for myself, the person that I am now can't achieve them. But I know that by the time I'm going to achieve that goal, I'm going to have to grow as a person to get there. 
So sometimes it's intimidating looking at the things that I set myself, but I look and I'll say like this, this version of Clayton, he probably can't pull this off, but I know that by developing myself and giving myself more time to learn and grow and become better, I'll be able to do it. And that's very much startup land. Like I am um, like, you know, me personally, and we're both very quite similar where like, I never get overwhelmed by anything. I always like, I believe there is a solution to every problem. And again, like that startup land, like you just sit down and you've got an idea and you look up and all you see is just problems everywhere. So you're like, okay, like I'm not going to be like where a lot of people, that's the opposite than what they want. They want structure in their life. They want stability. They want certainty. They want to start path a business. Forward. <laughs> yeah. Don't, like if, and it's, it's not for everyone. Like I, I love my life now, but like potentially the next nine people that you talk to would hate to do what I do. You know, it's very like high pressure and high stress, but yeah, like startup world for me is like, Hey, there's all of these exciting opportunities for me to fix problems. Let's, let's go about doing it. So for me, like my business journey has always been about like building a product that I think solves a problem in the world and can make people's lives better at scale. Um, And they've always kind of been health and fitness products for me. It's just something that I'm passionate about. But yeah, startup land is like, let's, we don't have much resource. We don't have much um, like in terms of like a team around us. We don't have, we can't do that much right now, but let's see how far our passion and ability to solve problems can take us. And then it's really rewarding because like all of a sudden you meet someone else and they're like, Hey, like, I really believe in this, like you do, like, can I be a part of it? And you get to start to build a team. And then it's not just your impact. It's the the cumulative impact of like these amazing people that are around you. And you can all kind of experience this growth journey together. Um, I've always been like attracted to opportunity. And as I said at the start, like really competitive and wanting to do more. So for me, startup land is the most rewarding because there's uncapped potential. Um, I, I would hate to be in any situation in my life where, I know that once I get to this point, that's it. And I have to stop. So that's what attracts me to like the, the online space and the businesses that we have is that there's no ceiling. Yeah. Um, like most of the businesses that I've been involved in and especially the one we are now, like it's a digital product. So there's not even a cap on like, you can only work with X amount of like people or sell X amount of products. It's like, if we get this right, we can help a really high volume of people and that's making the world a better place and that's so fulfilling. And you're kind of always chasing that feeling of figuring out how much impact you're able to have. Yeah. You really keep coming back to that core of impact, which I love. And this whole conversation yeah. about um, startup and I think understanding your psychology behind why you love that startup space is really interesting because I know from having spoken and engaged with a lot of our listeners, one of the things I struggle with most is getting started and the fear of failure, right? And I think if we're looking at startup land, that can really be stretched to starting a new health regime, starting a new relationship, starting a new passion project, new job, just really going after or making a bit of a shift or a pivot in life. So I guess you've shared a little bit about your psychology and what attracts you to those changes. And no doubt I can see you as someone who, you know, if you got an opportunity to move overseas, you would jump at it and love it. And a lot of people, uh, well, a lot of people, I suppose, would be very intimidated by that, notwithstanding they really want to give something a go. And so my question to you is, for people who have that fear of failure and it's really restricting or suffocating them from getting started. It's like this thing that keeps popping up every time they go to start. It's like a insurmountable mountain, shall we say. What are your kind of comments to people who are having that fear of failure? Sure. Um, I get it. Like I am not this like big, like entrepreneur guy that like loves failure and doesn't care. Like I, I still hate failure. It worries me as well. Like I don't, 
experience my failures and like think oh like who cares it's just a setback let's go at it like it affects me too so i still haven't like really um got past and matured past that point like i i still don't look forward to failure but i've had some really big failures in my life and once i go through them and now that i've had a little bit of time to look back i've actually become a better person a better leader advanced my life more through my biggest failure like the periods after my biggest failures as opposed to my biggest successes so you start to understand that they're really relevant like you can't build resilience and character when everything in your life goes to plan mm. you you kind of grow through adversity so these failures and i know it's like it's easy to say um now to people not experiencing it but you do start to understand over time that like all the failures in your life are really necessary and have a really big impact on building that resilience building that discipline helping you to mature into a better person so when things go wrong in my life at the moment because i've experienced those failures i don't react emotionally at the start and i just think this is a part of my journey i needed to go through this what elements of this failure experience that i've just gone through can help me to become a better person and let's focus on those and go again yeah. the biggest most successful happiness happiest people with the biggest impacts in the world have probably had failures bigger than you could ever imagine like it's it's a it's a fact they're going to happen um they need to happen so don't run from them and don't be scared and don't like the, at the end of the day like we all have choices so you either hide from the opportunity to potentially fail but if you don't put yourself open to failure you're not putting yourself out there to success either and like that's the trade off it's like am i willing to go through some things that might not be ideal to get all of the things that i want or am i happy to just shy away from that like i've always like people always use the quote um get comfortable being uncomfortable mm. but to me it's kind of the opposite way like i've always become uncomfortable being comfortable and when i have too much comfort in my life it's Alarm a sign bells. that i need to change but yeah it's like okay well like i'm i'm not pushing my potential at the moment so what areas of my life do i need to reevaluate why am i so um like why am i being a little bit complacent at the moment and a little bit comfortable um and i and i start to reevaluate and change things and say okay like maybe i need to add another arm to the business I, i've got more time in my life now to to level up and take a new challenge or hmm. maybe i'm not being a good enough friend i need to make some more time to be a better friend or whatever those buckets in my life are i can kind of sit back when i'm too comfortable and say okay like let's shift it up a bit but yeah back to failure you just have to understand that it's a real thing and it happens to every single person and there's not one person i've ever met in my entire life that hasn't had massive failures and had times when they felt like quitting felt like they didn't want to show up felt like none of it was worth it like say everything that you risk turns to shit and doesn't work out almost every single time you end up in the exact same position that you're in now anyway so like what do you really have to lose you know like fa yeah. failure is good like it's not it's not fun all the time but it is good it is necessary absolutely i would actually take it a step further and say failure is inevitable however i yeah. think it's really important to to reframe our concept of failure so as we were talking about before like discipline and routine often seen quite negatively and i think failure falls in that bucket too whereas i see yeah. now like you said, you kind of have to go through it before you understand. It's that period straight after the failure. Because when it happens, I'm very, very emotional. I get very emotional about things still. I haven't mastered that separation from when things happen and not getting emotional about it. But I let myself be emotional. And then directly after that, it's like, okay, am I going to let this stop me in my tracks? Or is has this shifted me in some way? Has it saved me from 
a bigger quote failure. You know, there's always something to learn. And as you said, when you look back, if everyone listening now just kind of takes a minute and has a think, okay, what's been what I would define the biggest failure in my life, I can guarantee you, you can find some morsel of wisdom or just something that it either shifted you, taught you, um, you know, even taught you something you don't want as much as what you do want. You know, the failures are there to teach us things that we want to avoid as well. There's always something you can take from it. So something that I like to do when going through these moments and, and really like aligned with what you said is when it's happening, I let myself feel the feels, but I also remind myself that in the future, I'm going to be able to look back at this period and understand what it's teaching me. And I can't see it right now, but I know that this is something I have to go through. And on that point, if you're trying something new, whether it be a new exercise regime, whether it be a new job or a new relationship, you're going to come up against these quote failures, which are really like challenges because you just haven't done that thing before. So when something's new and fresh for the first time, it's going to feel so unfamiliar, but that's just because you're charting in, you know, waters you haven't been before and that's just very very normal and I think you have to remind yourself that that's what everybody goes through so if you're listening and you're I guess stopped in your tracks to start something because of that fear you're really just waiting for something that doesn't exist you know it's never going to go away and you're going to become you're going to go up against it anyway you're 100% right like there's a quote that I always have lived by by Voltaire that's the the best is the enemy of the good so for so many people like we strive for perfection and we strive for everything to be like 10 out of 10 all the time but it's better like being good is okay like doing good consistently is so much better than doing perfect once and it's just about execution it's not about like the fear of rejection or the fear of like I I speak to people all the time that want to start a new business and they might spend six to 12 months trying to find the perfect name for the business and changing the name and talking and coming back and asking questions and doing all of these things. But the person who's focusing on the good instead of the best actually has a functioning business 12 months later. And the name might not be as catchy, but they're doing the work and it's yeah. in the market and they're progressing. So don't be shy of execution and don't hold yourself back by waiting to be perfect all the time. Just do it. Like you're doing a training plan and you miss a week of training doesn't mean that you're unable to exercise. It just means that you missed the week and you can yeah. go back the next week and start again. Like getting it done is, is you should celebrate that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think taking that pressure off ourselves in terms of time limits, especially if it's like a super personal goal or let's, let's just say with, with like ES Fit, right? What we're doing now, I always get so stressed when I've said I'm going to do something and then I don't do it when it's like at the end of the day nobody is sitting there waiting for me to deliver something it was going to be a surprise to everybody anyway and so taking that pressure off and understanding you can actually work on your own time and there's this no there's no magic formula for when you need to drop that five kgs or when you need to bring out that new product or when you need to get that pay rise you know you can really just set your own tone and I think that's really important to acknowledge because I've been in positions where I get so overwhelmed because I put all this pressure on myself to execute, execute, execute. And I can just take things off my plate and really enjoy the process, which in hindsight, and I mean, it's kind of going to lead me to my next question with you about success. It's this idea that when you get to that thing that you had planned, you just move the goalpost and you go on to the next thing. So I think if we don't find ways to enjoy the process, be really present, find our intent and our purpose, you just get so lost in chasing this thing that's going to move and kind of get shifted anyway. So on that note, uh, what does success mean to you? It's the million dollar question, right? Like it's probably the hardest question ever to answer. Like we spend so much time 
within the business and personally like workshopping this because it differs to everyone and like exactly what you just said is so true it's like if five years ago I was where I was now I'd be so happy Mm. but it's all relative and as you achieve things you shift those goalposts and it's really hard to even celebrate because by the time you get there you're like whatever potential can never truly be fulfilled you know what I mean and every time you achieve a goal your potential increases again because you made it to that and you proved that you could do it so what's the next unattainable thing that I'm going to chase like for me I find I uh, success to me is through what I can do for others so it's not a tangible object for me it's not a dollar amount it's not the size of the business it's not the success of anything it's more the impact that I can have especially for those people around me that I truly care about I find that I am feeling my most successful as a person when I'm a better brother a better son a better friend a better leader and helping other people to kind of go through that same journey to be better themselves um, it, it's taken me a while to get to that point and really figure it out um, different people approach success differently and say that it needs to be like a fixed target and you need to teach yourself to be able to celebrate when you get there. Again, back to self-awareness, it takes time to figure out what success means to you. I know some very successful people in business who still can't answer that question because they haven't really figured it out because I don't think that anyone's definition of success is truly financial because that's relative. And you find that once you reach a financial goal, that is always just going to move to the next goal regardless. Um, again, like, Part of my definition of success is balance. So for me, there's like five pillars of my life being fitness, um, finance, fun, my relationships. And like, and there's like, yeah, those, they're the things for me that are most important. And I need those buckets to be full. And if one's not full, I need to figure out how to fill it up because that's balance to me. If my fitness journey is amazing and I feel great and my business is booming and I'm having a great time with my friends, but I haven't spoken to my family for a week. I'm not truly happy. Like mm. Any of those one something's things, missing. if they're down, yeah, something's missing and it holds me back. So success for me is more through what I can do for others. And that's the same as happiness. Like I can find myself something really nice or do something really nice for myself. It doesn't really do much for me. If I do that same act for someone else that I really care about, that's what really gives me a kick. So mm. taking me time to figure that out. Um, for the longest time, I didn't think that that was the case. And I thought that, growing the business it was success for me that having a business at this point would bring me all of the things that i wanted in life um but as you said i kind of passed those goal points goal posts sorry and i wasn't any happier or more successful at all because the yeah. other buckets in my life were empty um i poured pretty much everything into just my business we moved to the gold coast i stopped talking to my friends i stopped doing anything social i stopped exercising regularly i made worse eating habits i wasn't sleeping well I was pouring every ounce of myself into the business. And at that time, I thought that that's what was going to make me happy and successful because I believed in the business so much. And I don't regret it because we, you know, the business is amazing, but there's more to life than any one thing. And for me, it's like maintaining that self-awareness and like keeping my buckets full and realizing that I probably could have still got the business to this point and exercised and checked in on my family and spent time with my friends. So it's really easy to put the blinkers on and think that success is like this one dimensional thing. But to me, it's, it's not like a, it's not a tangible thing. It's like an evolving concept. So success is always going to change. So you need to kind of understand it that way and realize that there's probably never going to be one day that you just wake up and feel successful or happy. You constantly yeah. need to be working on those things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Love everything you just said. And particularly, I love that you've identified 
that period, I guess, where you didn't feel that balance. And I really steer away from saying that we have periods where we're not balanced, but I have one small caveat on that. And that is if we don't have any eggs in one of those three areas, or let's just even say one of your five areas. So for me, it's like, if at any given point, I need to put more effort into fulfillment or work. And, and you know, that means I can't be a social as long as I've, and I'm still paying attention to my health and my relationships to some degree, that is yeah. your balance at that point in time. It doesn't mean you need to be 30% split across or 33.33, whatever it is, split across, across each of the areas, um, you know, yeah. equally at all times, your balance will look different. But if you're fully yeah. out of one area completely, that's when the alarm bells will start going off. And, and I think it's a, a nice thing you've raised there because I think we think sometimes if I just go all in and dedicate short-term, long-term, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be amazing. I can make these short-term sacrifices for the long-term gains, but often because success is the journey and because everything is a process and because once you get that thing, it moves, if you don't find ways to feel balanced and enjoy that process, you're going to find you, you do that for a short period of time and it's not, it's not a long-term solution. I, I 100% agree with everything you just said. It's so true. I like for those pillars that I have, I give myself a score out of 10. And if any of them gets down to five, that's when I know that I need to take action. Mm-hmm. But if any of them gets down to a three, that's what's like non-negotiable to me. Because if any of those things gets to zero, that's when it does really affect me. Yeah. And that's when it affects everything else. Like if my fitness gets down to zero, my business can't be at 10. As a friend, I can't be at 10. I'm not myself, you know, I'm not in the right headspace that I need to be. So I've kind of developed this system. Um, and I would recommend like, if you can like have an accountability buddy with these things as well, as you said, like self-awareness is really important, but it's really hard to make the right decisions all the time when no one's watching, be it your friend or your partner or your mom or someone, I think having someone to have like, to be really transparent with around like what those pillars are in your life and how you're tracking does help you to keep accountable and to see it from someone else's vision. And even if you're not doing it for yourself, try like ask to be that person for someone else close to you and see if they need an accountability person. So just talk through where they're at with their life and like, what is the, if, and if you're unhappy in your life, you, you can't become happy by just thinking about being happy. You need to take action to, to be happy. So what are your steps forward to change your situation so that you can be more happy or more successful or more fulfilled or whatever it is that you're chasing? Like, that's what I loved about, like, I always loved sport and I never really understood when I was young. It's just what I did. But at the time, now that I can reflect, I'm like, it taught me how to win. It taught me how to lose. It taught me that I need to train regularly to compete at a high level. It taught me all of these things that transferred into business mm-hmm. and same as like fitness and going to the gym. You can't just train all day once a month and feel and look good. You need to do it daily. It needs to become a part of your routine. You need to eat well. You need to make sure like there's all of these things that come along with like that balanced approach. And it's the same for business. Like you can't, you can't cram it in. Like that's why I don't like love the uni system as much because when I was at uni, I was like playing sport and like partying and doing all these things. And like, I knew that if I just left myself like one day before an exam or before an essay or something, I would still be able to do really well. I don't feel like leaving uni that I really learned that much. I feel like in three months, I learned more than I did in four years in the workforce mm. um, by like you know, practically learning things. But yeah, anyway, we all, we all learn in different ways, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that idea about having an accountability partner. But if anyone's feeling like that may be a little bit of a stretch or they don't feel comfortable, I guess, doing that, I think another good option or just something based off what you just suggested, which is really similar to an exercise we did 
in the first episode ever, episode zero, is you give yourself a score out of 10 in each of those areas. And if we micro break that down even further, you could just wake up in the morning and potentially say, okay, today, what do, what, at what level do I want to be sitting in each of my areas of, of my life yeah. out of 10? Yeah. And then before you go to bed, just reflect. Say, how did, I, how did I do? Did I hit those numbers? Did I exceed those numbers? Was I under? Make a note. It's not about feeling you know, positive or negative about it. It's just about being aware. Okay, today I said I wanted to be six out of 10 in my relationships and I was probably at about a two. So you're conscious, you know, and you go into the next day with that intention to be better in your relationships. You know, just another way to bring in that self awareness and recheck it's all like it is i put a lot of the like where i'm at in my life down to making a conscious decision to make choices out of intent and not by habit and it's exactly what you just said like if you just wake up and do your day you might have had like a nine relationship day you might have had a three you might have had a one you had a four like you're not in control of that outcome because it's just habit but if it's intent, you wake up and you think and you say, okay, I need my relationship to be eight today. So I'm going to make sure I call my partner this morning and I'm going to make sure I see him this afternoon and we're going to go for a walk or do dinner or whatever it is. You're in control of that outcome. Mm. It's really hard to move forward in life when you're not in control of the outcomes, when you're letting other people dictate your career or your happiness or whatever it is. Like the more control you can assume, the more rewarding it is and the more progress you can actually experience. Otherwise, it's, yeah, I just... I find that I'm very rarely happy when I don't feel in control when I'm just, and I still go through phases all the time. Like sometimes I might have a two week period where I become extremely stressed and my routine and the the way that I like to structure my day changes rather than waking up half an hour earlier and going for a swim. I choose to sleep because I had to work later the night before rather than exercising for an hour. I choose to stay in the office and I slowly watch like the routine that I've built deteriorate and everything else slowly comes down after it. I start to become overwhelmed by the stress. I start to feel worse. I I make worse eating decisions. I have less energy. I stop making time to call the people that I care about. Everything slowly starts to dip down until I identify what's gone wrong. I'm not living out of intent. I'm letting my surroundings control me rather than me control my surroundings. And then I got to work to fix it. And then I start to do those things. And, you know, and then I start to feel happy again. So it is self-awareness and like this, I've, I'm by no stretch even like close to being perfect with it, but it's something that I'm very mindful of and it's something that I've really worked to develop really over the last kind of four or five years. Yeah, I love that. And and to your point, like I don't think you can be perfect at it. I think you just need to be proactive with it. I think you just need to be yeah. mindful with it as well. Um, but I absolutely love that because I think it's unrealistic to think you'll go through life having these routines and rituals and practices and, you know, just skim through and be perfect because there are external things. I mean, look what's happening in Sydney and Melbourne at the moment, completely beyond anybody's control. And, you know, if you're waiting for habits to kick in to satisfy, particularly at the moment, say a relationship aspect of your life, you might be feeling quite stalemate in that area because you can't physically be with people. You know, so you have to find ways to bring back the control. And I very similarly had an experience sort of mid to end of this lockdown. I mean, we're still in it, but something was missing and I couldn't identify it, but same sort of thing. I had these red flags popping up. I said, my mood was different. I started like skipping things that were normally a part of my routine. I felt like I needed more sleep, those sorts of things. And I realized I need to just call people. I need to have those conversations. I need to check in on my friends. That yeah. makes me feel good. And because I normally see them, you know, I, I let habit because that was a habit. I let that sort of just slip away. But I think being mindful yeah. of it and saying, how can I take back control of this area is such a, such an important thing. And before I sort of um, ask you one final question, was there anything else you wanted to add to that? 
No, I just think um, like be patient with yourself. Like it's not, yeah. it's not easy. Like, especially like the world we live in at the moment, like we're constantly comparing ourselves to what we see on social media. And I know like I'm nowhere near being an influencer or anything like that, but some people would like look at my life and think like, he's got everything figured out. You know, he's like, he's so self-aware. He's able to do all these things, but it's not, it's not what you see. So don't beat yourself up when you have a bad week or a bad six months like it is a part of life like it's not easy it's not meant to be easy but the more you can start to practice to control and take responsibility and, and really become the dictator of your life and not the victim of your circumstances things can change pretty quick mm. um so just yeah don't don't beat yourself up about it because I, I watch that happen all the time people think oh like he can do that but i can't i'll never be that person it's easy for him it's not easy for anyone it's a choice over like okay i'm gonna be in control or i'm not you yeah. can you can choose yeah love that and before i let you go i did want to ask you potentially a personally driven question but i know you've probably yeah. got a world of incredible book recommendations and just based off our conversation today do you have any strong recommendations that come to mind that if anyone's sort of connected with any touch points of today's chat you would strongly sure. yeah for sure honestly um if you're not a reader, if you're someone that are reads, a lot of people have probably read this book, but I would like read Atomic Habits twice in a row. That book for me has given me so much more value than anything else that I've read. Um, I haven't read any book that's like been the secret to my business success or like changed my life or any of these things. Like you have to I'm more enjoy- <laughs> okay, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll have to read that one. Um that's not why I read. Like for me, I read because I value the skills of being a good writer and a good communicator in business and in life. And I find that the more I read, I'm sharpening those skill sets. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. There's little pieces of information that I get that make my life better and give me these thought processes that I feel like add value to me as a person. But there's no book that I've read that has had as much of an impact on me as Atomic Habits. It just really made me question my lifestyle. What is my environment? What are the things that I'm trying to achieve? What are my processes to achieve them? kind of resonated with me why like some things that I was struggling with in my life, why I was struggling with them and what I needed to do to kind of take control for those things. Um, It really is amazing. Like I I wish I was getting a commission by recommending this book because I've said this to so many people, but James Clear, the author, um, just even signing up to his email newsletter and following him on social and seeing uh, his understanding of like human psychology and how much we can control our habits and build a lifestyle that's sustainable to our goals has been like, completely invaluable to me so if you have read it read it again and pay attention to it if you haven't read it go read it right away it's it's really really good amazing you're not actually the first person to recommend that one and i still gone out and ordered it so i'll be doing that that'll be on my to-do list for the rest of the day for sure (laughs) it's so good um and honestly it was really nice like the other day just a girl that follows me messaged me and said hey i see that you read books i'm moving overseas would you like my collection? And she gave me like 20 books. Amazing. It was so nice of her. So if anyone wants a book, I would be happy to pass it on and like send them out as well. Just send me a message or something. I think it's a nice thing to do. Oh, amazing. Well, on that note, I want to thank you so much for your time today. I know, I mean, I got so much out of this conversation, so I can't wait to edit, re-listen and hear what everybody else has to think. But for people that maybe you want to reach out, follow your journey or ask you for a book, perhaps, where's the best place they can do so? Um, yeah, just get at me at Instagram at Clayton Muzumechi. The last name's a little bit hard to spell, so I'll maybe it'll be in the, the show notes. <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, but I, I agree. Like, I love these conversations. You know, I think it's amazing what you've done with the podcast. I think you're adding so much value to so many people's lives and really challenging people to do and be more. So I'm, I'm a big advocate. Um, as a friend, I'm really proud to see it all unfold too. So nice work. Thank you so much, Clay. I'm looking forward to catching up over a drink when the borders are all open and really keen yeah, we'll to what, what you do where Move With Us goes. Really excited for your whole journey. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. See you guys. And that's a wrap for this week, Balancers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it, or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop so you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam, we promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced. Stop, 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 stop.